Hi there, and welcome to the Investigative Economics Podcast. I'm your host, uh, Llewellyn Jones. We're going to be talking about stories on investigativeeconomics.substack.com, a publication dedicated to data journalism and investigative research. On today's uh, first episode, first episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking about renewable energy, uh, particularly the uh, companies that fell into bankruptcy around 2011. It was a bit of a scandal at the time. And uh, what exactly happened there? And there's uh, got a few stories there on the site about this that we'll be summarizing for you. And uh, one of them is Solyndra, a big name uh, that I think everybody will know about. And it's the Solyndra fell into bankruptcy at that time. It was a bit of a scandal, but there's a lot of details to that scandal that uh, people didn't know about at the time and about what exactly was happening. And if you don't remember, uh, Solyndra was... uh, a solar panel company that uh, fell into bankruptcy. They had gotten a uh, very large uh, loan guarantee from the Department of Energy for its innovative technology, only to collapse a few day, a few years later. And there's a lot of questions, and there was a congressional investigation about what exactly happened there. How could you get so much money from the U.S. government only to fail? Like uh, without with that much money, you know, you almost don't need to uh, do anything to operate. You can just uh, sit on your hands. Uh, but, uh, and there was congr- congressional investigation. And, uh, if you look through the details of the investigation, they do a lot, they, they pull things apart and see what happens there. But a lot of the accusations were that people just didn't do the financial, uh, research to, to, to reason that this company should deserve a loan guarantee that, uh, that it wasn't actually sustainable to give this company money because they weren't going to exist, just the market wasn't there. But as we know today, uh, the solar panel market is certainly there uh, for people who like it or not, that people are buying solar panels. They're kind of everywhere on individual houses or uh, or they're in, in these fields, you know, thousands of them, you know, subsidizing the uh, energy grid, uh, that the market was certainly there. But what didn't get uh, sort of detailed at the time was that uh, China was flooding the U.S. market with photovoltaics. And they were doing so at a below market rate. It wasn't just China, but other a uh, few other Asian countries. I think Taiwan was one of them. And that there was a trade investigation uh, about all of this, that a number of domestic uh, solar panel companies, U.S. companies, were complaining that they couldn't compete with these below market rates. And that's good, that was good, very much true. And uh, the, you know, the Trade Department found in their favor, uh, I'm not going to remember the details of how much, I think they increased the tariffs on photovoltaics at the time. And there are some you know, uh, other remedies that were put in place for, uh, for China's dumping uh, on the market. And there's a lot of plenty of details to, to back up how much China was subsidizing the Chinese companies that were doing all these imports. And the numbers, and we get into this in the story itself, the numbers of how many uh, imports were coming into the U.S. from China at that time, it's just like, it, it's, it's incredible. And it's pretty blatant sort of example of you know, dumping on the U.S. market. And that's what Solyndra said in their bankruptcy filings. They said, yes, that, you know, we couldn't compete. These uh, foreign competitors are running us out. And you imagine at the time that, like, why didn't they say more about that? And, you know, maybe that was kind of whispered around being like, hey, everybody's, you know, there's this huge scandal. People are complaining that uh, we're, you know, we got all this money, but, and, and we fell into bankruptcy because of corruption and people were accusing there being a democratic donor uh, that was benefiting from the 
that uh, the Obama administration at the time was handing them this loan and that that's exactly what it was and that it really was China who was at fault. And while China's, you know, uh, trade enforcement, uh, that case was very much uh, there, there's more to it than that. A German engineering uh, magazine at the time also discovered that Solyndra's technology just wasn't there. Uh, that well, so you have to understand a little bit about what Solyndra's technology was, and the reason why they got this huge Department of Energy loan was because it was supposed to be innovative technology. That that it, it wasn't like a, a regular solar panel. It wasn't a flat solar panel. It was a cylindrical solar panel, like a tube. And the whole idea was that it was supposed to, rather than a lot of solar panels, they have to adjust to the angle of the sun throughout the day. And sometimes some of them have like motors that uh, change them, or sometimes they're just not as efficient at different times of the day. Uh, in in Solyndra's case, they have these uh, cylindrical ones that are meant to sort of, they automatically track with the sun because... Um, because they're cylindrical, and the, which is supposed to be innovative technology. And that's why the Department of Energy could subsidize them, as opposed to uh, China subsidizing their solar industry. They're subsidizing these like standard flat panel solar panels. Uh, and that goes against World Trade Organization rules. Uh, and which uh, and there's a whole sort of logic to the world of trade subsidies that you can it's actually allowed to trade uh, to subsidize innovative technology to sort of help fund the next uh, new patents that are going to revolutionize everything. But just uh, fun, funding a company so it can undersell its competitors, that's uh, that's not allowed. So that's why Solyndra got that, uh, that loan guarantee. But as this German engineering magazine kind of discovered is that it wasn't all that in- innovative. It was innovative, but the efficiency that they're hoping for just wasn't there. Uh, that while it was it was nifty technology that it uh, it didn't it, during when it snowed so flat solar panels are not that efficient the snow covers it somebody has to shovel it off or you just sort of it just doesn't work as well but these ones uh, that are meant to work in, would actually work in the snow not that much snow sits on them only just like a little bit on the top and then that way they were innovative and kind of a a nice benefit there. But the, otherwise, the efficiency wasn't there. They couldn't compete with flat panels in, as, as far as how much sun they absorbed throughout the day, uh, which is a big deal. That uh, while it's you know different technology uh, to you know fund, and it wasn't a small loan at all. You know we're talking about five hundred thirty-three million dollars. It's it pretty substantial. And while that's uh, it's a different technology to give that much money for technology that just isn't there is. Well, there's something up with that. And so maybe there was something to the scandal. It's just the reasons given for the scandal were kind of uh, not the right ones. We'll say that. Uh, and so there are a lot of layers to that story that uh, I, and, I suggest you go on to investigative economics to sort of read through the details if you want to find out more. But the other one and the both uh, Solyndra and this other company, all kind of went bankrupt around the same time, 2010, 2011. And what happened was there was during the the debates between uh, Romney and Obama, Romney brought up these bankruptcies along with Tesla's uniquely enough saying that the the government is is funding renewable energy and they're, they're funding losers. Uh, And those were his words, uh, losers. And that here's this two of these three, three of these companies, two of them have already gone bankrupt. Tesla's going to go bankrupt. 
which as we all know, Tesla has not gone bankrupt. And Enter One is the other one. Um, and Enter One did go into bankruptcy, but the reasons why Enter One went into bankruptcy are not the same as Solyndra's. It was a very different story. So Enter One is a uh, lithium ion battery manufacturer. And they also got some pretty large loans from the Department of Energy. And the whole idea was that, uh, you know, here's this company that's also creating innovative technology. How did they also go bankrupt? And it's a very different story from Solyndra's. So getting back into sort of, you have to understand what's going on with lithium ion batteries that, uh, well, today lithium ion batteries are the most popular battery, I'd say, for electric vehicles. They're in all of portable devices, phones, everywhere. Uh, back in 2010, that was in a little bit of doubt. And uh, there's some questions about why it was in doubt. Uh, so they're looking through uh, research at the time. You see that there are a number of stories saying, uh, well, maybe lithium ion just isn't going to do it. It's not going to push us into the, you know, through the 21st century and all that. And there's a story on the IEEE site. If you're not familiar with the IEEE, it's like the one of the largest um, organizations for representing uh, technical uh, the technical industry, uh, electrical engineers, programmers, you name it, uh, computer manufacturers. Everybody is sort of it's a sort of source of information for that whole world. Sort of people get into the re- real details of how. Uh, you know, devices are made. And there's this post on there around that time, 2010, saying, uh, we don't know, well, I don't know if lithium ion is going to do it. And here's this story from this uh, analyst, uh, this electrical vehicle uh, uh, analyst, market analyst at the time saying, I don't know. And here's the story. It was a speech by um, then uh, Sec- Secretary of Energy, Stephen Chu, saying that uh, here's, he's talking about lithium ion batteries in front of the UN about a uh, meeting about climate change. And here's what the batteries need to do to make electrical vehicle, electric vehicles tenable for the market. That they need to compete with combustion engines and they need to have this super high watermark of uh, capacity. And at the time, everybody knows that, no, that's it's maybe one fifth of that right now. And even if they make some progress on there, that's, that's a lot to go. And then maybe it's just not gonna do it. We need to be start looking at other things. And uh, while a lot of what he said is, is, is true, that's, that is what uh, Stephen Chu said in this, this conference and that the, their, the numbers about what lithium-ion batteries could do, that's generally pretty accurate at the time. But now, looking back on it, we know that lithium-ion batteries took a huge jump in capacity or in the, in the few years after that, that the Department of Energy, and, uh, along with other uh, people, were funding... Uh, advancements in lithium ion capacity and that uh, great leaps were right around the corner that, and kind of wonder if uh, Stephen Chu may have known about that as well. And his high watermark, he, it was like a thousand, uh, I'm forgetting like the uh, storage units at the, the, that they're in at the time. Um, he was put the high watermark at a thousand. That's what they need to, to get to, to be competitive with uh, combustion engines. And right now it's around, 250 to 600 is the capacity of electric uh, lithium ion electric batteries. But what we do know is that they're being pretty competitive at the moment. I mean, maybe these batteries are a little, these batteries and these cars are a little more expensive than combustion uh, engine cars, but they are being competitive. 
so he, he was kind of wrong on that uh, point that it didn't need to get to a thousand to get there and that they did take a huge jump in technology uh, that they've gone gotten a lot more impressive since then and so so while uh, you know Chu uh, he wasn't saying that lithium ion batteries couldn't do it but he was giving this like maybe unreasonable uh, benchmark for what they needed to do and that all these people who were sort of re- recycling what he said were also uh, taking it to mean oh no lithium ion is just not going to work we got to look at other things so there is a lot of doubt at the time about this technology but is that really what uh, stopped lithium-ion battery production? Because at that time, uh, lithium-ion and lithium production has grown by leaps and bounds. Uh, over the last 20 years, it just it kept growing exponentially. And right around that time, it just leveled off. I don't know, was it the doubt of... Uh, inspired by, well, maybe lithium-ion batteries aren't, aren't going to make it. And Enter One in their bankruptcy filing said just that the demand wasn't there. Now, there were other reasons why they filed for bankruptcy. It wasn't just demand for uh, uh, electric vehicles and the, and the batteries that came along with it. But they were heavily invested in another company, an electric vehicle maker called Think Global. And think global went bankrupt. And this is a Norwegian, uh, a pretty small, uh, or at least much smaller than like sort of a Ford or a GM or a Tesla. Uh, they they went bankrupt. And not only was this uh, Think Global uh, wasn't not only was Enter One invested in Think Global, but they were the biggest uh, uh, buyer of Enter One's batteries. So they got it both ways. Uh, so that must have hit them quite hard. But why did why did uh, this why did uh, lithium-ion batteries stop being so popular? To stop this electric vehicle manufacturer to sort of put a pause on the marketplace all at once, and that you have to wonder if the people knew the advancements in lithium-ion batteries were just around the corner. Department of Energy was funding it all over the place, so they must have known, and you know maybe Chu knew as well, and uh, uh, and that. Uh, it has to be known that there's advancements coming. Maybe they didn't know at what scale, but you know, advancements were coming and that uh, maybe everybody just knew and took a pause and said, okay, let's not sell as many cars, not sell as many batteries for a few years and see what happens. And you can see in the numbers, just uh, anything related to lithium kind of levels off for about five years, 2010 to 2015. Lithium, global lithium production stops, not stops, but you know, sort of just takes a pause. Um, Tesla manufacturing uh, their 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 car sales take a pause. They're just it just flatlines for five years, and everything imports of lithium ion batteries all take a pause. In China, at the time, China was a growing lithium market. Uh, they actually uh, reduced their lithium production, not just pausing it, but like going scaling it back, which is kind of unique. But then after 2015, uh, lithium production comes roaring back, and it's become you know just the de facto electric vehicle battery that type that just maybe there'll be other uh, technologies that come along, but lithium ion just seems like it just took over. And, you know, countries like Australia became a powerhouse in uh, lithium production. China uh, came roaring back. You have to wonder if like maybe they kind of knew that it would come back and maybe they're helping depress the price a little bit for when they start buying up all these lithium mines. Well, you know, and you could totally see that happening, but I, I, I don't know. That's just speculation there. And that Enter One 
you know, they went into bankruptcy, but they eventually came back and now they're still uh, going strong, I think, as a private company, as a public company. Um, so it's a very different story from Solyndra. These are two ba- bankruptcies. They, they're getting lumped together because renewable energy happened in the same time, but very different stories and a lot of layers to what was happening there. Very interesting stuff. And we're going to, there might be some work about that, that it all seems so, so uh, tied together at the time that you wonder if there's more that was going on as well. But I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and again, uh, sites investigative economics.substack.com. Uh, more, more episodes forthcoming.